Welcome to the Healthy Insider Podcast, where we help supplement and functional food brands create better products. Today's host is Todd Runstead, Senior Editor. Hi, this is Todd Runstead, Senior Editor at Informa, includes uh, New Hope and Natural Products Insider. I'm here today with Michael McGuffin, who is the head of the American Herbal Products Association, and Alan Studberg with <laughs> Alchemist Labs. We are here at Expo Rest 2020, and uh, we're having a little Vietnamese food. And, you know, let's just talk about, um, well, some might say the world's biggest cash crop herb. And, Michael, I know it's one of the top at least 300 of your favorite herbs, um, cannabis sativa. Uh, now, uh, uh, American Herbal Products Association, you guys were the first organization in the industry to really come out. You formed a cannabis committee. I mean, this was like a decade ago, right? Right. We are celebrating our 10-year anniversary this year of the chartering of the Alpha Cannabis Committee. So what do we know now that we didn't know 10 years ago? That the American public is not only interested in getting high, on cannabis, but is also interested in getting well with cannabis, and that's the whole emergence of this hemp and CBD marketplace is a, a whole different uh, utilization and a whole different intention uh, that consumers have for using th- those products. What do you think about the idea that medical marijuana is really CBD and THC is recreational marijuana? I think you need a little more food. I think you need a little more sustenance, Todd. Have you eaten any of the? Um, there are some delicious egg rolls over there. So I don't, I don't, no, I don't get that. You don't. Chip, I don't get what you're trying to say. So, um, Alan, you, uh, you were hesitant to go after testing the recreation and medical marijuana. But you have gone into the hemp business, is that right? Correct. So talk about your considerations, your risk tolerance. What, what was your decision about? We try to stay away from things that are federally illegal because uh, we have the DEA registration to have and hold those substances, and that has precluded us from going and uh, grading recreational cannabis. So as a result, we've been happy to uh, exist in the hemp space, which I feel, from my experience, is far more professional uh, and even maybe fast-moving from a corporate standpoint than is the recreational space of the market. Talk a little bit more about that because um, I haven't had the caffeine from this tea kick in yet. Well, sure. So there's been the medical marijuana movement uh, first, and then at some point in time, people realize that there's another ingredient that doesn't make you high. And so CBD and all of its friends and family have been sort of adopted by the dietary supplement industry who are my current clientele, my current base, the ones in we know, the ones who know us. And that was our strategy all along, is to wait for my clients to ask us to test hemp products for them rather than work for the companies who have uh, evolved from recreational cannabis or marijuana um, with the products who don't know us. They only know the labs that they've been using who are also federally illegal uh, operating. Um, so it was kind of a safe uh, strategy. And you're a, a DEA-registered lab. Correct. Those are few and far between. Uh, only six in California. What was that process like? What did you have to do? 
Uh, funny story, my father, when we first started the lab, just thought it'd be fun to have a DA registration for as much as he could apply for and get, and without need for Schedule 1, 2, and 3, I forget which one specifically, uh, he applied for them all, and they said, sure. And so, we so I mean, did, did they have to come to the lab and, you Yeah, know. they come and they audit, and they make sure we keep our records of whatever we have uh, and hold, and there's a lockbox, and only certain people have access to the lockboxes. Is that the most rigorous audit that you've faced? No, absolutely not. No, ISO uh, 1705 is probably the most rigorous audit we've had, for sure. Interesting. How's the business of hemp in California? It's been a little... It, it's kind of been a war between like the marijuana interest, interests and the hemp interests. Yeah, yeah we're aware of there's a massive shortage of testing capabilities. Um, we know that there's a lot of supply um, in excess. Um, and recently the, the uh, USDA has um, stated that you need to have a DEA license or a registration to test hemp and then they've unstated that, I suppose. So for a while, for a moment, the cannabis recreation labs could test cannabis and the hemp labs can test hemp, and now it's essentially fair game for all the labs to test hemp. Uh, so we're, we're going to enjoy that uh, with this upcoming harvest, but we'll see what happens now that it's been opened up to all the labs. Michael, what do you think about the idea of the DEA being in the hemp business? Well, maybe it, Elon's dealt with them. Is it true that uh, DEA employees are all born without smile muscles? Sorry, say that one more time. <laughs> Is it true that they're all born without smile muscles? That is true, that yeah, and they're also broad-shouldered. Yeah, broad-shouldered. <laughs> our, our view is that DEA exists to regulate uh, controlled substances, <laughs> and hemp is no longer a controlled substance. They should not have a role to play in the hemp marketplace. And the... The, the Farm Bill kind of explicitly took the DEA out of the picture, but the USDA interim final rule deigns to put them back. Although uh, USDA has now reversed itself, as Alan said. Yeah, right. So, so, and we asked for that in the comments that we submitted we uh, to USDA. We took the position that DEA shouldn't have a role. There's a... It, to, to include DEA as a participant in the hemp marketplace furthers the impression that hemp is illegal, that hemp is marijuana, and it's not. It's from the same plant, but it's a different article right. in commerce and in commercial or in do consumer you, use. Do you see some of the other um, objections that everyone seems to have with the USDA IFR similarly toppling? What do you think the odds are on some of these? Uh, I think uh, a lot of them uh, will not be amended, at least not readily. And USDA has said that too, that they don't have the authority to change that 0.3% limit. If if what they said is if you want that change, go back to the Congress. But they could like test different parts of the plant, like the whole plant, not just the flower and the tops. They could modify that. I think that they're being very conservative. I think that we'll win some of the arguments, but I don't think that we'll win them all. And ultimately, that's good for consumers and it's good for the companies that are going to make the investment because we're going to have properly regulated uh, goods that are properly evaluated and that's important. That's important <coughs> in this particular category. So hemp and CBD certainly have all the buzz. <coughs> 
they're still not the probably biggest selling botanical. What, what what's the biggest selling botanical out there? Like, are are we counting cranberries as a botanical? Is that is that bigger? Well, if a if a botanical is uh, an article in commerce derived from a plant, we probably have to think about coffee, tea, uh, black pepper. Black pepper's the uh, black pepper. Yeah. Right. If, but if we get away from the food products and the spice products and just come back to the uh, well, aloe, aloe vera is another one incredibly broadly sold because it's included in so many cosmetic products. Right, although used certainly medicinally and as well. And also used right? as an oral product, yeah. So what? So strictly stated, what do you think are the biggest botanicals, herbs of commerce? Uh, you know, so we're not talking cranberry juice, but we are, are talking echinacea. Elderberry, I and other things yeah, that might improve our immune system. High on the list, that annual report that ABC puts out keeps finding whorehound at the top of the list, almost certainly because of cough drops being sold in uh, the mass market. Um, ginkgo is still out there, valerian. It's interesting, I haven't done a thorough review recently, but for years I would look at the ABC's annual list of the top 10 and compare it to the top 10 15 years ago, and seven of them are the same. There's great consistency in the marketplace. And so that I think that's part of why this <coughs> evolution of hemp in the marketplace it's phenomenal in and of itself but it's it's out of the ordinary for a new botanical to push through past all of those other best sellers so promptly right because we're used to stability well and and that probably signals a, a a larger a real shift in the culture to embrace the cannabis plant both recreationally medically supplementally with CBD you know th- like Americas are into it. I think you're right. I, when we first formed our cannabis committee, one of the first people that I met is a woman named Steph Scher. She's the founder and president of an organization called Americans for Safe Access. Right. They're a patient advocacy group. And in our first communication, she said, one, thank you very much for recognizing that our plant also belongs in your big herb tent because we think that it's important that we organize within the herbal community rather than separating ourselves into... Um, organizations that are focused only on at this point it was really just medical marijuana that we were talking about but she also said and now let me throw out a prediction one day you'll find that the cannabis plant provides an opportunity to move forward and succeed and in ways that you haven't been able to do because we're going to become so important to the broader community and not just the health food store community not just the uh, herbal supplement community but much broader than that and I think it it would have surprised me two years ago and probably even one year ago but I think at some point we need to consider that the dietary supplement industry which I always like to say was founded by hippies and Mormons we're not a bunch of left-wingers. We're not just w- liberals. There's a very conservative element <clears throat> in our community. But I, I think we will have to start considering whether full legalization of cannabis, marijuana, medical, recreational, is actually going to be helpful in providing hemp to consumers. Because right now some of the regulatory obstacles that we face are that it looks like, smells like marijuana, and so if we Whack. can remove that from the um, 
Controlled Substances Act in its entirety, which some you know some people in the uh, Congress and people that are uh, asking to be elected as our next president, they're saying that they're going to move forward with that idea, and it, it is a unique moment where it may just be that our somewhat conservative industry is going to have to grapple with whether supporting full legalization is good for business, which is ultimately good for consumers. Right, right. You know, I, I think, um, let's end it with a question of Alan, because when I think of when APA formed the Cannabis Committee, I remember that, and that was an act of courage. And so... Alan, talk about this thing called courage. Courage. Um, courage was um, my phone call to Michael the day after I fed my wife uh, a very, 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 very strong edible um, for which she had, I would call an adverse event or maybe an unwanted event uh, from. It was, you know, much stronger than we had both anticipated. She was fine. But uh, in the moment of, I was had a phone my hand with the number 91 dialed on it and I was going to press 1 and send and it would have changed my life. I may have lost that DA registration in fact. <laughs> um, so Courage I think was calling Michael the next day and saying hey there's other plants that APA needs to help out. And he said cool come to the board meeting uh, in, at Expo 10 years ago. Uh, I wasn't on the board member at the time and I um, appealed to the board members uh, my sad story and uh, there was a lot of um, opposition with the risk of tarnishing our good reputation that we've been working on so hard you know in the public eye and the in the in the federal and the government regulatory eye that we're not just a bunch of hippies smoking weed even though that might have been the fact after the meetings at our homes but it wasn't a legal thing at the time it was medically medically uh, legal so I think courage was that APA had um, you know, it voted in with the board members, and uh, we had the courage to be the first trade association to do it. Um, I recall other trade associations um, communicating that this was a bad idea, and it's going to look bad, and now you fast forward, and they, they're all the, the new experts in the in the plant when we've been doing this for 10 years. Uh, it's just one more plant for Alchemist. It's just one more plant for APA is what we do. All right. And let's end it at that. Uh, things that start with the letter C, cannabis, courage. Um, that's it from here, from Expo Rest 2020. Lon Sudberg from Alchemist Labs, Michael McGuffin, American Herbal Product Association. Thank you. Thank you for listening to a Healthy Insider Podcast, now available on Apple Podcasts or through Google Play. Subscribe now to never miss an episode.